Has it ever happened to you where you go to market, you try to get the lowest rate for your customer, only to find out that the rates you got from insurance company X are actually different through a different broker? Same insurance company, same client, same plan design, different broker, different rates. Um, here I'm going to break down why this happens in Canada. So there's four main reasons why this happens, and I'm going to break them down in terms of the most frequently, I guess, frequent reasons. The first one is block arrangements. The second one is different advisor commissions. The third one is different plan design. And the fourth one is, wait for it, they just felt like it. <laughs> Maybe I'll start with the last one because that seems like the least intuitive one. But um, I've actually heard insurance companies say, I can do whatever I want. And they're not being silly, they mean it. Um, any company can choose to set their own sort of like rules of the game. And so generally, we do have an etiquette in the industry. Um, if you're new to this, the etiquette generally is that um, if you're shopping the market for your customer and you don't have an agent of record letter and no one else has gone to that insurance company, then they'll go ahead and release the quote to you if you're contracted and licensed with them. Um, but if you've crossed wires, meaning that there's somebody else who got into the door before you, this is called blocking the market. So if you've been blocked, the only way to get that insurance company to release that quote to you is to get an agent of letter, agent of record letter. It's called an AOR. Sometimes they call it a broker of record letter or a BOR. So that's really the general rule. The other general rule of, rule of thumb, which is not really written down, is that it is really important to treat um, different advisors with the same standards. So I know advisors really hate it when insurance companies play quote unquote favorites. Um, but really when insurance companies are changing the rules, um, they usually have reasons to justify it. But at the end of the day, it boils down to like, they can choose how they do business. They can choose who they do business with. They can choose to drop brokers. So while we live in a regulated industry, um, this is not highly regulated. So I think just watch out for that. Um, I've seen lots of insurance companies in my career decide to say, you know what, we're going to go direct. And then a few years later, after they change their management team, they're like, you know what, we changed our mind. We think advisors are really the key to our future. We're going to go through advisors and then change back to direct and continue in the centrifuge. So, you know, it really is a human game. Like there's a human element to that. So now that we've got that out of the way, really the most common reason why you might get different rates from the same carrier um, but through a different broker is really because of block arrangements. So when I say a block arrangement, it could come in the form of many forms. Um, Beneplan is a TPA, a third-party administrator, so we have typically block arrangements with carriers. And what that means is that we're actually committing to do a certain amount of business or have already sent them you know, a certain minimum of premium. It's typically in the millions where you have to kind of provide a certain standard of care, um, and then in exchange, you're getting different treatment. But it's, it's never because we're playing favorites, it's because there are structural differences with it. So I'll give an example. Um, there might be a block arrangement whereby there's a lot of ASO business. And so ASO business is different from fully insured business, you know, if you're not sure about what that means, you can listen to one of the other earlier episodes on this podcast. But um, effectively, if the funding model is different, there you go. Um, 
it could also mean like as a TPA, we perform certain functions that the insurance company doesn't perform, um, the administration, the billing, the premium collection, for example. So um, if another firm has actually committed to do different parts of the puzzle, then they're entitled to charge different amounts of money for that piece. And so that could be a different structure. Um, you also just have like preferential treatment. So any uh, carrier can choose to work with an association for any reason. Um, they can choose to give exclusivity by territory. They can choose to give an exclusivity by industry. Um, it really depends on how much money you're bringing them. So at the end of the day, it's unfortunate, but really the person with the highest amount of money is the one that gets to sing the song. So um, the other other portion is sometimes they're getting um, different deals through MGAs. So if an, another advisor is working through like a super broker called an MGA or a managing general agent, and that super broker has an even bigger block with them and different arrangements, they might actually have a different representative at the insurance company. So they might the insurer might go to market both through their advisor channel and they might have a team of people there, but then they might also go to market through, let's say, the MGA channel and then um, if everything still buckets up to the same underwriting department, that's fine. But then the rules of engagement could be different if you're dealing with an MGA or TPA. Um, so block arrangements are real. Um, how can you get in on this action? You've gotta, you've gotta send some money their way. So you've gotta send a meaningful amount of business their way. Um, typically, I've seen you need a minimum of a million, maybe two million dollars to start with, depending upon the carrier. It also depends on how much market share that carrier has. So, you know, if there's a carrier that has smaller market share, maybe they're less well-known, people haven't really heard of them where you come from, and they really, really want to get into your territory. Like I've seen them become more flexible and creative um, than large insurance companies. You know, I, we've gone to large insurance companies and typically we're just a number, we're just a pixel. So they're not inclined to give those same sort of sweet block arrangements. Um, so the third thing I'm going to talk about is different broker commissions. So this is, again, I think a lot of advisors are assuming that everybody gets the same commission, especially at the start. I think some advisors just assume everybody gets paid crown scale. That's not the case. This is really not regulated. It's still the Wild West when it comes to commission. Um, advisors are entitled to set their own commission, and the regulator has not done anything to change that right now. Um, I know there were attempts in the past, but effectively... Any advisor can go to the insurance company and say, okay, I've got the agent of record letter now. I want the same rates, but I want it net of commission, meaning $0 commission. Um, there's a lot of companies that operate that way, and you have to really dig into the fine print to really understand. Now, the catch with those companies is that they might be a fee-for-service firm. So as long as the customer is aware and they're comfortable with that, that's different. So a customer might say, yeah, I don't want to pay a commission. I just want to pay fee-for-service, and then that's fine. I mean, that's completely... Um, you know, everybody's entitled to choose their own compensation structure. Um, so really the, the final thing I'll talk about is just a different plan design. Um, really when you get into the nitty gritty of things like travel insurance, like what's the trip duration? Is it 60 days, 90 days, 30 days, um, drug caps, no drug caps, uh, long-term disability type, uh, plan designs. Um, you will come across certain deals whereby it's the same client, um, same insurance company, but after the agent of record letter, they've released the quote under a different plan design. So it's really important to be very comfortable with the fine print to be able to read a contract cover to cover and understand it and know what that means. So um, here's the thing, you know, I find, I hear a lot of people complaining about this kind of behavior and while it seems unfair, it's not illegal. 
And in fact, it's doesn't, it doesn't always mean it's unethical depending upon what is the reason behind why the rates are different. Now, I've definitely seen conduct that is um, very random, whereby maybe a wholesaler just prefers a different broker. Um, and for whatever reason, they really want to invest in that broker's business and they really think that there's a future there. Like any insurance company wholesaler can choose to discount any rate anytime. There's no legislation around that. And, you know, no insurance company ever really gave us an ironclad promise not to do that. So I would say if you come across this, don't get angry. Just kind of take a deep breath um, and think, okay, what is your strategy going forward? How are you going to differentiate? How are you going to add value to your customer um, if it doesn't involve competing with the same insurance company for the same product under different rates? Thank you so much for listening. My name is Yafa Sakaja, and I'm the CEO of Beneplan.